in uh, the 915, we were talking about transparency and vulnerability, mm -hmm. which we're going to talk about here in a little bit. It's very hard to be transparent with man when you can't be transparent with God. And when you're in the flesh, when you feed the flesh, it's very hard for you to connect with God at all. It's very hard for you to connect with anybody. Mm -hmm. Think about the transition of life when you were innocent and you got exposed to things that you had to hide. Mm -hmm. And think of how it, it affected all your relationships. Think about how it affected uh, your, your levels of success. Think about when things started to spiral, when you started having bad opportunities, when you had more to worry about, mm -hmm. when you had more to potentially be depressed about. It all started when you allow your flesh to have the first voice. That's when everything changed for you. And um, uh, that's when you started focusing on the past and couldn't move forward. Scripture says that uh, uh, Lot and his family was in Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, and God sent uh, his angels to destroy the city because they were uh, consumed with lust. But, but Abraham wanted to save his nephew, Lot, so he went to save his nephew. And the angels gave them instructions. He says, okay, we're going to get out of here, this world of sin, but don't look back. Mm. Whatever you do, don't look back. Don't look back at what you think you're missing. Don't look back at what you've done. Just do whatever you do, don't look back. So they get a little distance from the city, and the wife looked back. And the scripture says she turned into a, a pillar of salt. What that represents is, from the moment she looked back, she was stuck in that place in time forever. And if you think about it, when we do that, we get stuck. We were moving in our life. Things were, were just great. There was momentum. And we allowed ourselves to get caught up in the flesh. We start worrying and looking back and beating ourselves up, magnifying the negatives in our life and try to protect ourselves in this worst case scenario happening. And we got stuck. And so God says, come back into my face. Humble yourself. Turn from your wicked ways. I'll heal you. You'll be back to being vulnerable and transparent. You'll be back to being free. You'll be back to achievement. You'll be back to fulfillment. Not false, fake fulfillment, but true fulfillment. Because some of us have a, I mean, how can you have everything or, or some of the things or a lot of things that you desire to still be empty? Mm. You know, there's people that I've been, uh, we've been afforded the opportunity to, to serve in their lives and they're trying to get up out of emptiness. But some of you would think, in the position that they're in, there will be no emptiness. You have all this stuff without God, it's going to be empty. And in, and in some cases, a lot of people are in worse scenarios than you because you're still thinking, once I get these things, mm -hmm. it's going to be all right. No, once you get the king, mm -hmm. everything will be all right. Amen. And, and, it's, and it's, you keep telling yourself, once I get here. You know, that's why some of us are stuck in hustle. Mm -hmm. Because we don't realize that it's not for us to secure the blessings. It's for us to secure the blessor. Mm. And, and so it takes a lot of, uh, it takes a solid, as Pastor Mel was talking about, relationships. She actually talked about worship earlier and being vulnerable before God. You know, and um, and so 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 just to bring us up to speed, we talked about transparency and vulnerability earlier today, and and we uh, we you know we were saying how it's 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 a, it's it's the law first mentioned it's how God started us in the in, in the garden, naked and unashamed, mm -hmm. transparent and vulnerable, and we say you know what's affecting our relationships, uh, whether it's Parents and children, what's affecting the relationships with friends, what's affecting the relationships with workers and, and whoever, and, and of course, hus 
husbands and wives and fiancés or whatever is transparency and vulnerability. Mm -hmm. you, know, the, you know, the ability to say, you have my heart. And you, so that means I'm trusting that, I'm trusting you. You can hurt me. Mm -hmm. I'm sincere before you. I'm displaying the cracks. I'm not trying to keep up a front or trying to prove that I'm sweet. Listen, this is me just the way I am. When I met my wife, I've been through so much uh, craziness, you know, just, you know, growing up in, in, in Newark with foster parents and stuff like that. And I really didn't understand relationships at all. I'm going to be honest with you. You know, I thought the key to having a successful relationship was to maintain my positioning of control and to make sure uh, I, I didn't expose myself where the person could hurt me. So that's, that was, that's what I thought relationships was. And, um, and that's what I did. I really didn't really care what you thought. I didn't care what interests you, long as you benefited me. Um, and that's not, obviously that's not a healthy relationship, but I ain't know. And so, you know, after getting myself crushed uh, 1,700 times, uh, I settled in with God, and God was showing me what relationships was about. And he said, Keith, no one's really met you. Mm. Like, you haven't really, like, you're looking for the person for you, but you would have to be you for them to even discover you. And he says, I need you to go in being who you are. He said, you've changed yourself for so many relationships. You know, you meet somebody, you go, oh, this is what they like? I just be like this. <laughs> You know, and I got them, but the trip is you can't be like that only for a temporary period of time mm -hmm. before you, your default kick in. You're going to be you. So it's best to meet somebody that just loves you for you because you could be that all the time. But it's hard to keep up a front. Look at some of your friendships that you, you front in front of. You don't even share Jesus with them. That ain't even an option because that ain't cool. Look at some of the people that you, you know, you, you don't agree with what they're doing, but you may slip. If they go, oh, you don't do that? You go, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I just don't do it right now. Why? Because you, you're afraid to say, nah, I don't roll like that. Because you think you can lose the relationship. And uh, I did all those things. I did change myself for the young ladies and the friends and the fellas. And they'd be sitting in the room going, man, I want to get out of here. Then I had to count to count to 100 to leave the room. <laughs> you know, like, I was, I was counted, I'm going to count to 15. But then, then I'll go 15 Mississippi. Then I'll go 15 delayed with the Mississippi. Now, why did I have to count? Because I really didn't want to leave the room because when I left, left the room, everybody was talking about people. So I'm like, they're going to be talking about me. So I'm staying longer in the room. See, y'all think, think it's me. It's not just me. And so I was like, then I would leave the room. I'm being transparent with y'all, especially in college. I leave the room, but I would close the door but put my ear back to the door. <laughs> See what they're talking about. Now, why am I even in these type of relationships? Because I'm thinking my value is in my compromise. My value is in my adapting to all these situations. And, and, and I start living for God. And I start living for God. It was not popular. It was not cool. And people threatened to change relationships with me. I'm not getting high no more. I'm not hanging out no more. And so, and then my relationships, because I decided I wasn't going to have sex until I got married, all those relationships changing too. But I started to realize something. Wow, like, I'm really getting to see who people really are. And I'm getting to see who really cares about me. How many times have you really given your friends, your family, your loved ones a chance to really love you? Okay. You, the real you. That's right. The goofy you. You know what I'm saying? The, the, you know, the you that's afraid of certain things. The youth that don't even know how to do certain things. How many times have you given people, a person a chance to love that you? So I said, next relationship I get into, relationship I get into, hey, I'm just going to be me. Hallelujah. No, 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 because it was like, it was too much work being everything but me. And that's what would cost a relationship anyway. So I said, I'll just be me. So I met my wife. I, uh, when I met her, I handed her my journal. I was like, this is my journal. Jesus Christ is first in my life. I'm not trying to have sex till I get married. I'm starting my life from scratch completely over. Now, normally you ain't going to share that because you want to present yourself like you're sweet. I was like, listen, if you can love me here, you're going to love me forever because I'm only going to get better. I'm starting over. Remember, I'm resetting my life. And I was like, 
if, if she don't, everybody I met, I was doing that. They don't like like me. Not that I, I was all that sweet, but I was like, they don't like me. Then they ain't the one. And 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 it just was so freeing because look, man, my life is free because I don't have to front. If I don't know Ed, I don't know. If I can't do it, I can't do it. I I can learn how to do it, but if I can't do it, I can't do it. I don't know what that word meant. So I'm going to ask you, what does that mean, Charday? I don't know what that means. What is, what? what is that? How do you do that? Not, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I've been there. No, I haven't been there. Don't know what you're talking about. But I can go there. I can learn what you're talking about. Oh, man, it's such a free life. Because I don't have to keep up a front. See, again, that's transparency and vulnerability. I, my wife, babe, that hurt. That hurt bad. Oh, my God, that hurt. Well, I just I said that because I didn't know how to handle it. I just listen. It 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 was intimidating. It scared me. I had a conversation with a guy, and he said, uh, and 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 basically he was hustling at this particular job. But I'm the a leader, so I let him know. I said, man, I can't trust you. Mm. And he looked at me. He snapped. So what do you want? I said, evidently nothing, because you just punked me. So I guess I don't really know want nothing right now. See, I said, you just punked me. Was I a weak guy? I'm bigger than the guy, stronger than the guy, whatever, but the statement punked me. So I was like, I guess I don't want nothing. Because based on what you, the way you came at me, what, what could I possibly want? He, can't go, he couldn't go away saying nothing, but he told me the truth. Can we do this? Because some people, we're in relationships. People don't know, know you. They ain't never know. Nobody don't know Because you. you've been high. Are they really your friends? Because if they don't know you, they ain't your friends. Because if you only present yourself a certain way to win them over because they got props or they have this platform or because they have this stage, would they be with you if they know who you really were? You fronting like you have more than you have. You can be more than you can be. Would they be with you if you showed the genuine self? Are you willing to risk that? Because that's a real relationship. I have real relationships because I'm me. She has real relationships because y'all know Pastor Mel is Pastor Mel. But, but let me ask you something. Do we really know you? Because have you been displaying the cracks? Being sincere, that's what sincerity means, displaying the cracks. And that's, that's you know, we, had, we, we talked about that this morning because it's important. He, yeah, you have a thought. Yeah, uh, Jesus made no reputation of himself. And if you think about, you know, he was the realest person in the earth. He really was. And we're supposed to be like him. He set an example for us to be real. And the genuine you, like, if you were free, what I always say this, if you were free, what, what would the real you really look like? Mm. If you were free, if you were free on your job, if you were free in your gift, what would it really look like? If you were free in singing, if you were free in dancing, if you were free in writing, if you were free in rapping, I mean, what would the real you really look like? And, and it's something because a lot of times we're like chameleons. We conform in, uh, with the, the environment we're in. Um, and uh, and, and we're, it's really just fear, to be honest with you, it's fear. It's all rooted in fear because we're afraid that if the real genuine you shows up, will you be accepted? Will people treat you right? Um, and, and so, you know, we have a room full of greatness. We, we do. We have a room full of greatness. But oftentimes, greatness is never tapped into because it requires you. Like, the greatness is actually inside you or me or you. And so if we're not genuine, if we're not transparent, if we're not uh, uh, vulnerable, then do we ever tap into the greatness that God created in us? Because it's in there. It's like Prego. It's in there. <laughs> 
But and so we we uh, do ourselves a disservice when we do not tap into the unique you, the unique you and the way you think. You know, not everybody thinks like you, but if you're always around people um, and you try to fit in or you try to be accepted because you think that they want a, you to be a certain kind of way, well, then you're, you're, you're like a chameleon at that point. And you never really get to a place where, like he said earlier, even if you're like in a relationship, you really never get a chance to, to vet whether or not the person really likes you. Because the you hasn't showed up. The you has been hiding. And so it, 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 it behooves us to, to really, really embrace transparency and vulnerability. Now, I said earlier um, this morning, I talked about there's a, there's a responsibility to operate and to function in transparency and vulnerability. And the, the, the reason why is because whatever, when a person is trying to be transparent or vulnerable to you, then it's, it's your responsibility to not take what they say and use it against them. That happens a lot. And that's one of the other reasons why people shut down because they think, well, if I, if I be vulnerable and, and, and share the most deepest part of who I am in the season that I am, because we're all evolving, right? All of us are ever evolving. So we start at one place and we're on this journey of life to really grow and develop. But if you're at a stage where you're embarrassed or ashamed, that's not the time to just kind of uh, recall into yourself and not share it. But then it's, it's also a responsibility for the person you share it with that they don't use it against you. Because that's what a lot of times happens. People use what you say that you, it took, like I was sharing uh with the people earlier this morning, you know, uh, coming up from, from where I came, um, I didn't have a whole lot. I, I, I uh, suffered, you know, with self-esteem and uh, just having stuff in life. And as a result, I was, I was really, really, really insecure. Now, on the outside, someone would look at me and say, oh, she seemed like she's a nice-looking person, and, uh, you know, she dressed herself well, she carries herself well, she's very articulate. But on the inside, I was so small, and I didn't see myself what everybody else saw. And so uh, early in our relationship, I had shared with him um, that I was insecure, and uh, and I'm so thankful he didn't he didn't necessarily like beat me up or or, or uh, but but in my mind there were times I felt like he was you know I don't think he was doing it but I perceived it that the information that I gave him he was now spreading it over every part of our you know situation like if there's a situation where I might have been uh, maybe seeing something you know because women are very intuitive. So if, let's say, I pick up, you know, this person's pushing on you, and, you know, he says something about my insecurity, well, then I'm thinking, okay, you just now using what I share with you, spreading it over everything. That's, that wasn't what he was doing, but I'm just saying I, something I perceive. So I said all that to say there is, uh, you, you have to be responsible for the information that you get, because it can make or break a person. And I've, huh? Yeah. You know, so... So what she's saying is, you, we talked about vetting the relationship by being who you are, but also, you know, seeing who you can trust. And so when you're vulnerable, if somebody flips that information or uses it to your advantage or smears it over everything, it's hard to trust that person. And we talked earlier today about uh, being people or looking for people that you can trust with your strengths, weaknesses, and fears. And, and we said you want to allow others to strengthen your strengths, uh, to care for your weaknesses, and to love you out of your fears. But people can't strengthen your strengths. They can't care for your weaknesses. And they can't love you out of your fears if they're not exposed. And so Pastor Mel talked about greatness. There's greatness in the inside of us, but God has designed our life where we need each other. And so he set it up where I might have this greatness, but I need her, I need you to display my strengths, my weaknesses, and my fears for me to be great. But I'm going to tell myself if I hide my weaknesses, 
if I hide, you know, my fears, you know, if, if, if I hide these things, then I can get where I'm going, not knowing that this person has the peace, but I'm going to have to open up. You know, you watch people all the time, they get to a place, everybody's looking for a place of isolation where they can say, okay, now I ain't got to deal with nobody. I can kind of coast into my greatness. But there's no such thing. Greatness involves accountability and responsibility. Greatness involves transparency and vulnerability. That means it involves people. That means it involves, like, like what damaged, my, damaged me in early in my basketball career, I wasn't transparent and vulnerable with nobody. So I left, I left it up to the coaches to try to figure out, like, what is he thinking? And most of the time they was thinking, he don't care. And he got, a, he, he got an attitude, but that's a front. I ain't got no attitude. Like, would you need me? Would you need me to do something? Like on the inside. But on the outside it looked like, man, what I look like, man? Now, who are you talking to? I mean, you know, it's probably worse than that because I cussed and everything back then. So I'm scaring away tools for my greatness. Keeping up a front. When all I had to say is, what you need me to do? How do you need to do that? Hey, ho, 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 ho. No, 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 no. That's not what I meant. What I meant was this. So for a while, my reputation in college as a basketball player was he's a great ball player. But, 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 hey, you can't say nothing to that guy. You say something to that guy, he might take your head off. Just, hey, just leave him alone, and maybe we'll, we'll do the best we can work with him. We'll use him in the games, but in certain situations, just don't say nothing. But that's not, that's not the guy I was at all. I wanted somebody to say something, but I wasn't vulnerable enough. And so, so, so that's the thing. It, um, all right, so, so... I wanted to give you this. I, I, I read this. And let me see if I can find it. Okay, here it is. God wants to avenge our hurt. He wants to, uh, he wants to help us in every situation we're in. But how can God re- avenge our hurt if we don't reveal it? Mm-hmm. You know, Isaiah 47, 3. Because, um, you know, we, we always say this in counseling. What's not exposed can't be helped. So a lot of you know people. Somebody come to counseling, and they they don't tell you everything. They just tell you the part that they're comfortable with sharing, but they don't display the entire crash. They don't give you the full story. Well, you're giving them a, a, a improper diagnosis because everything hasn't been shared. That's like you go to the doctor, and, and this is the thing we 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 parallel counseling to going to the doctor. You go to the doctor, you sit in that room. And they give you a form, a questionnaire. We give our questionnaires for counseling. On a questionnaire, it asks you all types of exposing questions, doesn't it? Like, like if you have a history with drugs, you got to tell them the truth. Because they can give you certain, they can, they'll change their diagnosis and medication based on what you've been exposed to. Or they can discover, oh, if you did that in your history, that leads to this. You can't lie. If you lie, you're not going to get the proper diagnosis. Then they ask you, uh, have you ever had any venereal diseases? Because even though you may not have it no more, it could have led to certain symptoms. You can't lie. Oh, no, no, not me. No, yes, you have. (laughs) Right? Okay, look. Are you a smoker? Do you drink? All these exposing questions, right? You know, are you overeating? Hey, do you got uh, things swimming in your eyes? Do you have a nervous twist? I know they ask you all this stuff. But that's just a questionnaire. Then you get into the room and they say, okay, uh, I need you to strip down. Some people go in and they take off. No, no, I need to take all that off. (laughs) So let's say you have something going on in your groin and you take off your T-shirt. They're looking at you like, okay, do you want help? Because you've only exposed your chest and shoulders and stuff. But you said you're having a problem in your groin. You can't go, but I haven't worked out this week. 
ah, I'm not really at the weight. Like, like she talked about earlier, you, you know, the, the code of don't talk about the weight. That don't happen when you go to the doctor, do it. And for the young ladies, what about the gynecologist? I, I said I wouldn't be sarcastic. I almost had a, a it almost slipped in. Well, I, I caught it. When you go to when you go to these doctors, you're exposed. But you're not exposed to hurt you. You're exposed so they can help you, right? Mm -hmm. So what did you do? You had to shift your mentality that I can't be worried about being embarrassed. I'm at the doctor. Why don't you take that, bottle that up, and use that in life? Only way I can get help is I have to be exposed. Because this is a stranger now. Right? In most cases. Now, you've been going to the person for a while. Now you know them, but you still don't know them. They just... But you allow them to check stuff out. Right? Right? Come on, give me some amens. <laughs> and, and so what I'm saying is, this is what we're going to have to do to have healthy relationships. That person has your peace. But they don't know... See, our pain, our hurt, our weaknesses our vulnerabilities, all that stuff, uh, they're like uh, uh, sockets that people know to plug in what God gave them for you. But if you don't expose, if you keep all the sockets covered or hidden, they don't know where to plug in at. So they have what you need, but they don't know where to connect it at. That's real good. Um, I was thinking as you were talking, I was thinking about uh, we got to get to a place where we're desperate to be you. Mm. And what I mean by that is like for females, uh, this is the, this, I'm, I'm a visual person, right? And if you are, if you've ever experienced childbirth, man, you are in so much pain. You don't care who, what, you just want help. You just would look, look, you'll, you'll, you just spread it wide. I mean, you just, <laughs> you don't care seriously. Cause you need to help. Right. I mean, you're like whatever you need to do now, before you go into that birthing room, you're, you're actually saying to yourself, man, I don't want all these people to see me. In fact, you've even chosen certain people that you wanted in the room. Right. <laughs> but then when it really comes down to the wire, okay. You ain't thinking about who's watching you, who's looking down there. You, you, you are perfectly fine. Well, that same attitude, that same know-with-all, like, like, like you are in so much pain. See, the pains of life. We got to get to the, the, the point where even if the pains of life is so uh, uh, hurtful, you just want to be healed. You just want to be whole. You just want to be fixed. You just want to be seen. Because why? I'm hurting right now. I just, look, whatever you need to do, look, I'm wide open like the woman in the birthing room. You understand what I'm saying? So it, to me, I felt like that was a good analogy, especially for the women. To, and now men, I'm sure you got your thing. The prostate. The pro, what is it, prostate? You know, I mean, now if, if someone took, now first off, for the men. Great example. Yeah, for the men. <laughs> That's a really example, good example. Uh, but here's the thing. Now, you don't want to do it, but if someone said to you, listen, sir, I have to do what I have to do because I detect that there's cancer in your prostate. Guess what? You're going to spread it wide open. You're going to, I mean, you know, you're going to spread, you're going to do whatever it takes for that person to get what they need to do to make sure you don't have cancer, right? It hurts. It hurts. It hurts bad, but they told you if I do not check, you may have cancer. Matter of fact, they said, I'm almost 100% sure you got cancer. And I have the antidote for this cancer if, if we catch it right now. Oh, I bet you, you, you better believe it. You're going to be whole, you, you're going to do whatever it takes. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you for not saying that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to do whatever it takes. And so it's that desperation it's the desperation of, okay, when you are in pain, you'll be willing to do whatever. Well, oftentimes we're in the pains of life, we'll you know? Wait till we get in pain. What'd you say? Uh, a lot of times we'll wait till we get into pain and we have to expose ourselves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When we could have just, 
you know, like think about a lot of people that end up with, you know, prostate cancer. It didn't happen that day. And they keep telling you to do a prostate check, right? You know, like, I'm straight. <laughs> you know, but uh, no, no, you, 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 you got you to expose yourself way before you have no choice. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so God made all of us, y'all, to be uh, desired, to be wanted by people, other people. God desired us to actually have, there's somebody in this world that really can connect with you like nobody else the right person the right person but what we what we settle for counterfeits and then we get mad at the counterfeit because they ain't acting right mm. <laughs> and, it, and, and it's not their fault it's our fault because we settled we compromised we 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 got desperate and we just accepted anybody in, in any old thing but god didn't design us to just accept uh mediocrity you're a king, you're a queen, and you should have the best, and you should want the best for yourselves. But how can you get the best for yourself if you're acting like a pulper? Mm. And, and so we got we to, gotta, especially my single women out there, and you on in TV land, <laughs> don't settle for, uh, you know, somebody that doesn't know how to. And then you get angry with the person because they don't know how to appreciate you. But the right one would know how. But you have to be you. But you got to be you. You got to be you. The person can't even learn how to appreciate you if you're not you, if you're not being consistent. You know, going back to Genesis 2.25, you know, transparent and vulnerable, like naked and unashamed. That's, you know, Genesis 2.25, naked and unashamed. After sin, it was naked and ashamed or you know Genesis 3 where they were naked knew that they were naked and then they hid themselves so again it's true you don't want you want to settle she said you don't want to settle for someone that don't know how to treat you but you do want to be you so a person can treat you right well so you can identify whether or not and they can identify whether or not you you know you're the right one but if you if you if you start to you know how we do we especially if we like a person we find out they they tell us about ourselves right well you this you talk too much let's say they say you talk too much let's say that's just in your nature to talk too much then all of a sudden what do you do you recall and you just start to you know just kind of not talk at all well that's not that's that person is not the right person for you I mean, it, it, it doesn't take a rocket science, good, but, what, but what we do, what we do is we adjust, don't we? We adjust because why? We want to stay in that relationship, not realizing every day you're taking a piece away of yourself. Mm. You're chipping a piece away of who you really are. And it's unfair for you to put yourself in a position where nobody uh, lo loves you in the way that you really want to be loved. You know, sometimes we're in relationships just to be in a relationship. And that's bad because it's like you're, you're using you and you're using the person. Mm. And so we got to watch, like, you know, can I be my authentic self? I want, don't you want to be your authentic self? Don't you want to be free in that too? And, and, and that's what really uh, takes us, like, from faith to faith to glory to glory. That's what, you know, helps us to develop and to grow as men and women is to be the authentic you. And if you're not, then it's, you stunt your growth. You stunt your development in becoming that man or that woman of God that really God created. He fearfully and wonderfully created each one of us. And if we don't understand that, we'll be living less uh, beneath ourselves. And so you're, if you're married, you're, you're, you're in a marriage, um, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta look at each other and, and you gotta, hopefully it's, it's a situation where you can be safe. It's not just marriage. Yeah. It's friendships. Friendships. The church relationships. Mm -hmm. It's the people you work with, the mm -hmm. people you play on teams with, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's with your, your parents and children, you know, um, you know. In our family, you know, it's tough to grow together, but the rule is give people permission to be themselves. Not keep, like, I can't change everybody in my house to be like me. First of all, that's not going to work. 
Uh, well, we already know it's not going to work with Pastor Mel, right? Um, <laughs> but it's also, you know, my son, you know, I had to have to give him permission to be himself. You know what I'm saying? So allow him to, you know, when he was, you know, he's, he'd be 41 this year, but when he was 28, you know, he was really going through stuff. And I sat him down. I said, son, I'm not, I'm not even tripping. I'm not worried about you because I'm praying for you. Then I said, I said, listen, you're 28. I said, you're going through your process. Who am I to say what that process looks like? I said, I started my life completely over from scratch, reset it at 28. I said, look at your dad. I said, I'm living for God. So I went through a process. You just never saw it. So who am I to say what your process is? See, again, when we sometimes we're in relationships with people, we try to convert conform them to our convenience not allow them to grow into who they are so a lot of times we don't want to be uncomfortable or we don't want to have to speak the truth in love so if they're perfect all the time then we don't have to love them because it costs something to love them so our children we don't want them to make no mistakes we don't now now mind you we forgot all the mistakes we made but we don't want to make no mistakes. Now, don't get the kids to pass. Uh, hey, I heard pastor the other day. I'm just making mistakes. <laughs> no, but we got to, it's an opportunity for us to love them. But we're like, no, you, um, you, you, you're interrupting my convenience. That's what we do. You're messing up my flow. Now I got to take the time to care for you. And I'm trying to chill. I'm trying to watch the game. I'm trying to watch my shows and you didn't get good grades. So I'm mad because I've been inconvenienced. And now I have to give of myself to you. That's your design. Somebody did that for you. In a, you're, in a, you're in a relationship. I do something that's not in her flow. Oh, you're inconvenienced to me. Because now I got to take the time out to, to tell you the truth in love. To walk you through it. Now I got to be patient for you to grow and harmonize for what's going to work for me. Ain't nobody got time for that. You know, I got to watch, uh, which one of them shows? Uh, uh, first Dates, First Wives, whatever. Was it? Love what is at it? First Sight. What is it? Oh, Married, Married at First Sight. <laughs> and then that, but I got to stop and talk to you about something that's rubbing me the wrong way. I ain't got time for that. Or me, I, you know, I got to watch ESPN. Ain't nobody got no time to be talking. No, but that's not love, y'all. Mm -hmm. Guess what? If everybody's perfect, why would you need love? When people are unlovable, they place a demand on love in you. That's when you would use love. Think about it. Christ died not because we were loving. <laughs> right? We were tripping. And he died. So he used love to, to plug in the socket of the void we created by being selfish and disobedient. His response to our disobedience was love. What's our response to someone creating an infraction in our lives? Is it love? Or is it condemnation? If it, is it crazy? See, see, I, I wanted to share this. Vulnerability is the master key to being loved, but you know what it says? It says... I trust you to love me, but I trust you to love all of me, the clean and the cracks. Mm -hmm. That's what vulnerability says. I trust you to love all of me. The clean, the sweet part of me, but the cracks too. I trust you to, 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 to pour your love into the cracks. A lot of times we're only displaying our best self. We hide in the cracks, but the cracks is what ends up stealing our relationship, Right? You have a thought? Yeah, I mean, the cracks actually um, is, <laughs> I think, designed to perfect the love. Mm. And so what happens is, you know, we're always in this earth trying to perfect love. We're, we're trying to perfect love. That's really ultimately everything that we're doing in this world is all about love. It really That's is. It. it is. Love is the most essential thing. Nothing can work without love. And so there's got to be ways to perfect it, right? You don't just wake up and, and you're now love. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're operating in love. 
it's the love of Christ that God is really hoping that we would ende endeavor to, to obtain because we are all in situations where people are growing and developing, whether it's your children, whether it's your coworkers, whether it's your mom, dad, uh, brother, sister, mother, uh, you know, all, everybody, your husband, your wife, we're all evolving. And so when we don't, when we have a selfish mentality, like I want what I want when I want it, then you're doing your, yourself an injustice Another. of, and the other person by not really developing or using the situation that you're in as a catalyst to develop your love. Mm. See, when you're in a situation where you're in uh, dealing with someone who is unlovable, that's the time really, instead of focusing on them being unlovable, that's the time for you to focus on you using that unlovable situation to learn how to love. Because you need it. You actually need it. You know, faith isn't faith until you're, whatever you're believing for is not there. Right. Right? I mean, how would faith be faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, right? Mm -hmm. So the same thing about love. Love, love, look, it's easy to love somebody that's, that's lovable. It's just easy. But really when love is tested is when you have to love the unlovable. It's, it's, hang on just for a sec, if it's okay. Oh, and, and, and so you... You don't want to, um, uh, sorry, I, I did lose my train of thought. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's okay. I'll, it'll come back. <laughs> you know, at, at my son's wedding, when I spoke, hmm. what I said was, my son, I told him, I said, well, you taught me to love. Hmm. And the way my son taught me to love, because he wasn't being lovable. And I never had to use that level of love ever in my life before. Hmm. Um, but it did teach me what love truly was. It gave me a, a, a great reflection of, of how God had been loving me because <laughs> I know I wasn't lovable. Um, and that's the thing. That's, that, that, that's what it takes. The scripture tells us in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. it says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And, and if we're honest with ourselves, what sin stole from us is what Pastor Melanie is talking about. And that was love. Because the scripture tells us, even with all the commandments that are in the Bible, you know, they were asking like, well, what's the greatest commandment? Love God and love others. Why? Because loving God fills us and loving others completes us. Loving God fills us and loving others completes us. That's why, you know, even in marriage, it's the two become one. So all these relationships, friendships, parents, stuff like that, is set up for us to love God. And see, God pours, as we love God, God pours his love into us. Because what you submit to, you draw from. You know, that plug submits to the socket and draws electricity. See, and that's, that's, the, that's why the devil wants us to not to submit. I ain't submitting to nobody. Ain't nobody telling me what to do. Well, you draw nothing. You draw no authority. You draw no love. You draw no power. You draw no favor. Because you ain't submitted to no love, power, or favor. So when you submit, you submit to God, you draw his love. Now that love, we're supposed to be like rivers. It's supposed to flow in us, fill us up with overflow, not cut, run over. And then when a demand is placed on us, what should come out? Love. The love, the love should pour out into others. That's God's design. What sin does, what hurt does, what pain does, with uh, uh, unforgiveness, what does it do? It closes us up. So now the love ain't flowing. Mm -hmm. You're not getting what you need, they're not getting what they need. That's what's been changing our relationship. What Pastor Mel has been highlighting is... We got we got to uh, increase or elevate our love walk. Oh, that's true. <laughs> it's easier said than done, but I think you know if we if we really um, look at, no one was born with a manual. All of us came this way by whatever journey you had to come through. And when you when you when you get, when you take yourself outside of yourself. 
and really start to think about the person that you're dealing with. There's a history there. You know, they didn't just wake up and become who they are. There's a history. And so what that does, though, for you is um, it helps you to, like, really hone in. And now you know what to pray even for the person. You know what I mean? Uh, but we could be so selfish because we want what we want when we want it. And if they're not producing it, then we chastise them or we get angry with them. Resentment. For resentment for something that they really have a weakness that's like, that's like, to give you a picture of it, that's like telling uh, someone who is handicapped, they're in a wheelchair, and you get mad at them because you want them to get out of the wheelchair and walk over to the, the door. That's, that's not even realistic, right? Well, it's the same, it's the same way. Yeah, go ahead. What we do with children. Mm -hmm. They're just learning. Mm -hmm. But we expect them to be ready-made. You know, when I first started working with kids, I worked with kindergarten and first grade, and I had worked in corrections for years. So the first day I'm teaching them, I'm doing, uh, I was working at a church, but I was doing uh, athletics, and the kids was tripping, and I wanted to get in them. But the Holy Spirit was like, what you going to say? Can't say nothing. They just learning. Taught me compassion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that one thing, that one thing, that one thing, is the one thing that literally can make or break a situation. Well, lack of the love, the one thing, can break a situation. With that one thing can make the world a difference. It really can. And, and I think uh, it would behoove us to, to embrace the reality that, honestly, your mate, your children, your coworkers, all these people that you have relationships with, your parents even, Sometimes we get disappointed because we have expectations for these people that, honestly, they can't even meet if they tried, at least in the season that they're in right now. And it's unfair. It's like setting a person up. So some things you can, you can pour out love. Some things you can just pray and give it to God and allow him to let the person evolve. But it's important that we stop the road i mean we stop 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 we have to stop okay look, look if there's some issues that maybe he's dealing with uh um well <laughs> i mean like you know uh um uh sarcasm. sarcasm sarcasm so at the beginning of our marriage i saw it early on and uh but and and i i made made it known <laughs> <laughs> and heated, maybe heated arguments, I would say, there's that sarcasm again, you know. Mm -hmm. But, but um, after a while, uh, it was something that I had to take to prayer and something I had to still believe God for. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and sometimes we are <coughs> desperately in a rush to fix things. You know, like, I need this fixed right now. And it, sometimes, some things is so rooted in there, it takes a while before that thing First, they got to be aware. Sometimes Count, it... Countless the countenance? Yeah. Well, okay. So, <laughs> well, well, that's something that you really... I don't think but, you... But, but still, it still was, was a, still a process to evolve. It think was. Think about where I'm at now and where I was when you met me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> I mean... <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I'm saying that... Well... <laughs> It's a wild moment. Well, no, the, yeah. the, the no, countenance. No, the countenance, uh, you know, and, and honestly, for a long time, I would look at his countenance and it would not reflect his heart. Okay. And, uh, and, and then there were a couple of times I saw my own countenance and cause you think you look a certain kind of way until you look at yourself. And I was like, Oh man, that's what I look like. So I, I really felt bad after a while. Cause for, for years I would say, like he would say, I'm sorry. And I would say, no, but look at you, look at you. But, like, but it, wasn't just, like, it wasn't even just that. It was, uh, we would go, let's say we went to, uh, you know, those presentations. Oh. I just, Y'all know, you know the presentations, presentations <laughs> the that people drag you to. Well, yeah, I'm going to say drag. So, so we would go to these presentations. It could be for a vacation. It could be for a business or whatever. <laughs> but she had to go. And I'll be honest, I didn't want to go anyway. So I'm only going because you want to go. So I'll be sitting there and she'd be like, these people are going to think you, uh, you, you, you disinterested. 
Now, again, this is the early years. This, this is when we first got together. Well, my, remember I told you, I really didn't care what people thought. So I was like, well, I was just, they just think I'm disinterested then. Then she was like, they're going to think you mad. You look like you mad. Well, I really, what I was saying on the inside, I don't want to be here. That's why I probably look mad. But she was, I mean, whatever setting you in, uh, uh, babe, they, they, you know, people going to think you, 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 you're not excited. And I used to be like, on the inside, I'm tired. That's why I'm not excited. Like, like I don't even want to be here. And the thing is, like, you know, so we, in conversations, my countenance was always, you know, uh, a topic. And I explained, you know, I, we, we, we had to talk through it. I had to, I have a confession. A part of my confession is, you know, taking on a, the, the presence and the countenance of Christ. But before that, I used to explain, I grew up in Newark. I'm a basketball player. You don't go out, I didn't go out on the court. Hey, guys, want to play ball? You know, I had to, I was taught respectfully I was taught to be stoned you know and then I said then I worked in uh, uh, maximum security they over here cracking up <laughs> I, they understand you feel me no but uh but I uh in corrections I worked maximum security for you for a while in New York and Ohio and uh like you don't go in there okay fellas what we're gonna do is you're gonna all get locked up now come on come on come on guys <laughs> And listen, they will punk me. If I did that, they will punk me. There ain't nobody. Yeah, tell you what, we about to lock you up. You go in the cell. You know, so I had to be, you know, I had to, you know, especially when I was, when I got saved in, the, in Ohio, I was saved. It was easier in New York because I wasn't saved, so I just cussed the kids out. But in, in, um, in Ohio, I, when, I, when they gave me the job, I was like, how am I going to do this? I'm a Christian. Like, I can't cuss nobody out. I can't do some of the things I used to do with, uh, behind closed doors. Um, so I was like, man, this is going to be different. But it actually was easier. But God gave me a, the Bible says, I'll make your face as flint towards their flint. So I used to always say, fear not their faces. Don't be dismayed by their looks or speech. Because that's what the scripture says. But again, it's, 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 it's a tough sledding because I have to deal with the hard people at times or people but at the, but I have I had to learn how to not how to adjust myself when I got home because I used to bring corrections in the grid you know <laughs> not correct like just the attitude I needed attitude. to deal with them I would I would I'd be rolling like I used to roll. I used to, I used to be scaring my son wake him up in the morning it'd be shocking all because I had to wake the kids up shocking all. You know, we had to because if you didn't wake them up shocking all, they would they would take their time, and you got a mass of kids. So I would, hey, I would turn their matches over, like with them in it. Well, I couldn't even. You know, my son, I was just, I would come in the room with just. I thought I was just saying, hey, son, time to get up. She said, one day he he went in the basement. It was cold in the basement. I said, babe, why is he in the basement? She says, uh, I said, it's cold down there. She says, well, uh, can I tell you something? I said, what? Well, you're scaring them when you wake them up in the morning. Now, my first thought was like, oh, he's soft. But then she gave me a picture, and it was like, you know, you sleep, and, you know, and, and I lift every weight in America back then. So imagine me, an abruption, somebody coming to the room. So for him, the picture was probably like, like a monster came in. Ah, wake up. And then I just went, I just left the house. I didn't even know, to be honest with you. You know, so I had to realize I was doing shock and awe at my, at my house, too. He yes. was he was heavy handed, so you know I, I you ever, am heavy handed. Yeah, well, no, you've actually gotten better. Uh, we would get in the car, y'all, and I'm telling you, he slammed that door like as if it was. No, talk about an, the house. Oh, they the said whole when house I closed the door shake. when I left the, the house. The whole shake. house would shake. Seriously, literally, you the glass, the glass, everything would just shake. I was like Bam Bam. Remember, remember <laughs> Bam Bam on the Flintstones. <laughs> bam Bam. Yeah, just, but but yeah. see see. You know, we're talking about this because we've, we've had to evolve, and I know, I know a lot of other people here have evolved. And, 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 and this is the thing. The thing is, it's hard to be transparent and vulnerable. It's hard to operate in relationships. It's hard to understand that that person got it honestly. You know, and, that they, and you have to be just as patient with them as you want them to be with you. 
Because the person that's requesting the change also needs the change. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had to repeat that. Yeah. The person that's requesting the change that's true. also needs the change. The reason why they're not as, they're more patient with their changes because they don't have to deal with them. The other person does. And sometimes the other person may be more patient with you than you are with them. It doesn't mean because they're not highlighting your issues, you don't have them. They just may be operating in a level of understanding with you, but you have a zero tolerance for them. And everybody else, they rub you the wrong way. You know, because some of y'all have a zero tolerance at the restaurant. You have a zero tolerance with how people operate. person could have just, just, the last 18 customers could have been rude. And then by the time they got to you, they, they, they had enough. But you're not trying to understand. You're like, I don't like their attitude. Well, they might not like the way you order, the way you, you know, the way you order your service, all the different complications you have. Or that you you know you requesting to have it your way and they're not Burger King. <laughs> you know I'm just saying just thinking through those things. You ever thought about yeah, that? Yeah, one last thing. Um, mm. You know I think whatever it is that the person is doing, um, if we could quit focusing on what they're doing, and that same situation, if there's anything close to what they're doing, you're dealing with. If you don't embrace that opportunity, you can literally forfeit that opportunity of working on you. You know what I mean? So it may not necessarily be exactly what, what they're doing, but there's something, there's something in that situation that is almost like you. And that situation mm. becomes a diversion of you working on yourself. That's good. So if everybody just mind their own business, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and like, you know, they say if you're pointing at one person, you got three pointing back at you, you know, really take the mode out of our own eye and really start to think about what is it about, okay, their situation is this, but you know what? I'm a little similar to that situation. God help me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And it really takes, see, when we start to like focus on other people, it really does cause a diversion of your growth. It stunts your growth. Because all day you can, you can find an error in somebody, right? And guess what? You'll be thinking about that person all day. You'll be, you'll be uh, looking for other things they do to co-sign. This is what they're doing. I mean, you're, the whole thing is about that person. And God is saying, no, I want you to stop. And there's some things I want you to, to learn. That's good. Because I'm telling you, if you don't watch it, the mate, your children, your coworkers, your mom and dad, all of that can be a diversion mm. of, of you growing and developing and what God wants you to grow and develop in, your faith walk, your love walk. You know, and so we got to stop that because it's so easy to point fingers at other people and not realize that you it's you standing in the need of prayer. Sometimes that's why we point fingers mm -hmm. at other people. Almost to excuse some of our behavior. Mm -hmm. uh, so, 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 you know, um, we'll give you a, a minute or two for questions and answers. We apologize. We went a little longer last week. We'll try not to go as long this week. But uh, we're, we're either in wicked or in worship. And so... What I mean by that is when, we are, when we've compromised ourselves or we're in disobedience or we're out of the presence of God, we're in wicked, we're twisted, perverted. You know, just, so God is, has a, an original intent for us. The devil is not a creator, just for the record. The devil doesn't create anything. He's a perverter. He tries to twist what God already created mm -hmm. from his original use. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so you know, just like there's certain things that, uh, you know, tobacco, they say that in its purest form, it could smell up this whole room. It, it could, and you know, when you smell good things, it does stuff, positive things for your brain. Mm -hmm. But you dry tobacco and dry it up and smoke it, it'll kill you. Mm -hmm. Keith, Keith, in, its pure, in his purest form, God has designed him to help people. But when I was dried up and smoked out, I was destroying people. Right. So again, we're either wicked or in worship. Now, worship means we're full of God's love. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's God designed us. We're on our platform, fulfilling our purpose, worshiping God through being what he designed and operating in love 
impacting people's lives. And so when we're in wicked, the wicked person is the perverted version of us without the God love component. Hmm. The wicked version of us is the perverted version of us without the God love component. And some of us, because we may call ourselves positive in our own understanding, or, or, or you ever heard this line, well, I ain't out here hurt nobody as if that was an option. But you're wicked or you're twisted if you're not operating in God's design worship. The Bible says he's seeking worshipers. They that worship him, as Pastor Mel talked about earlier today, in spirit and in truth. Your Truth means final reality. Your ultimate design. The truth about a caterpillar is a, it's a butterfly. It's not, it's, it's, that's this final reality. The tadpole is, a, is a, a bullfrog, final reality. The acorn is an oak tree, final reality. Right? So yes, uh, we could be dipping, slipping, and tripping. That's not the final reality. That's not what worships God. That's the wicked or twisted, wicker furniture, twisted version of ourselves. And so we got to get back to that God love component because when we're twisted, um, what's being dispersed through people is sending the wrong message. Hmm. When we're in worship, the love through Pastor Melanie impacts lives. The love through Keith impacts lives. Love through Gerard impacts lives. When we get disconnected from God, they just dealing with you. They dealing with your, you, your negativity, your selfishness, uh, your dis you disconnecting, your, your isolation, that doesn't impact nobody's life. And you're atrophying the more that you don't exercise your faith in love.